And I hit record. Man, we are professionals. Well, I'm I'm, I'm a little under the weather today, so we're going to do episode number two with my boys. You always got to go back to the people that make you feel the most comfortable. Uh, Ray Freeman and Cole Henry. Uh, What up? X Freeman for giving me a number of time. I've been trying to chase Max down for like ever. Uh, This week I have uh, Craig Allen and James Lynch on the show to talk about UFC Vancouver. I got to go to the Canadian boys this week. Um, coming up. What show is next week, guys? Cole, you're an encyclopedia for this shit. What show is next week? I'm medicated. I mm. Let's go you know, I was just, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was going to say, I was just looking, and I was going to bring it up, uh, and I've already forgotten, but yeah. Yeah, Mexico City. Uh, Yair Rodriguez, Jeremy Stevens, headlines. <sighs> Boys, I didn't give you an agenda ahead of time. Let me, I get a couple questions after last night's fight. Uh, I wrote this today on the Fook newsletter. Um, I'll start with Ray. I, I, I think Gaethje and McGregor is the fight to make right now, man. Uh, talk me out of it or talk me into it. I would say that you're 100% right. Um, but, but Conor McGregor is the type of guy who, who he has multiple options, you know. So it's always hard to say, like, with him – that's the fight to make. Because you can take, say that about two or three other guys, too. Frankie Edgar, okay. Nate Diaz. Um, so, it, yeah, I would like to see Gaethje versus McGregor. But I can't, like, get my hopes up about any kind of matchmaking with Conor McGregor until he signs a contract. Cole, here's my line of thinking. Um Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov have not even signed on the dotted line yet. So we're talking at least December before those two fight. We're talking Gaethje doesn't step back into the octagon until March. Uh, I don't know if that much inactivity will be okay for him. Um, anything can happen. Khabib could get injured. You know, what happens if Tony gets injured? Lots of things can change, man. I just think that if they're ever going to do McGregor comeback, now's the time to do it with Gaethje. And it's great for Gaethje. It makes sense rankings-wise, too, because if he does beat McGregor like I would expect him to do, he's right there. He's the true number one contender. Yeah, I think it makes sense. But uh, like Ray said, I think that, uh, I don't know, it's hard to include McGregor really in anything. I mean, because I don't know. I mean, I would definitely want to see the fight. Uh, It definitely makes sense in terms, more so for Gaethje, I think, because he would get like a signature win kind of. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, don't get me. I, I'll say this. I actually like Conor McGregor. I, I want to see him fight, all that good stuff. Well, yeah, he's but, good uh, UFC. When he fights, it's a good thing. Yeah, but You're with that being said. Thing, like, if you like Conor McGregor. Like, Conor McGregor is the reason why you watch the UFC on ESPN. That's the reason. Go ahead. You know, I was just going to say, with that being said, like, until he, you know, like, you know, like Ray said, until he signs a contract, until he actually comes back, it's just it's it's difficult to even talk about him because I, I mean again if he'd been fighting and, and whatnot it's easy to say he deserves that Gaethje fight but anything that McGregor deserves at this point would be based off of things that he he accomplished you know several years ago whereas uh, Gaethje's had you know three first round finishes in the last few months it seems like mm-hmm. so it's just, it, it just yeah. gets so difficult to say what a fair and, and balanced matchup is I mean the fight makes sense. But I'm not sure it really makes sense for for sporting purposes, you know. I think it's more so just McGregor's going to prance back in when he's ready, and he'll probably get a big fight, and that's the one that makes sense. Guys, let me give you a couple little little tidbits here that that make me crazy, right? Justin Gaethje did not start striking until five years ago. Um, he was a wrestler. He said in his post fight press conference he didn't even know that he was this good of a striker. And B. Edson Barboza and Donald Cerrone have never been finished in their UFC careers. And Justin Gaethje just finished them both in the first round back-to-back. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, Justin Gaethje is definitely the most interesting man in the lightweight division, in my opinion. Because you know that you match him up against anyone, and he's capable of finishing them. And it's always going to be exciting. He hasn't had a boring fight yet out of his five that he's had in the UFC. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he, he already finished Donald Cerrone, Edson, 
Or actually, no, he hasn't finished Edson. He hasn't fought Edson Barboza, right? Yeah, he fought. He finished Edson Barboza in his last fight before this one. Yep. First round. Yep. Was it Edson? Yeah, it was Edson. Yep. First round, a couple months ago. Jesus, where yep. have I been? Sorry. Right, well, no, I think that that's the thing, though, right? Is that like he he's he's stopping these guys so quickly that the fights they're not even. You know, you're used to him having these four or five, you know, round just wars. And lately, it's like he's figured out how to avoid punishment and just take guys out quick and, and early. So the fights aren't even registering in the same ways that, like, those Michael Johnson and Poirier fights were. Yeah, this is the guy I wrote yesterday. I never got more Twitter hate. If you guys saw the Twitter fights I was in yesterday, I wrote about Justin Gaethje's low fight IQ um, and how much damage he took and how that's going to be a big problem for his career moving forward. But honestly, Cole... I have to recant all of that. The guy hasn't taken any damage. He took no damage against Vic, no damage against Barboza. I thought he was going to take damage last night. I thought last night was going to be a five-round barn burner. It wasn't. It was just a boring, typical Justin Gaethje fight. He dominated. Yeah, I think he's just realized, you know, that he, uh, he he's always had a really varied attack. And I, obviously, I'm not going to say that that isn't a great thing because it is great. But he seems to have uh, so much power with his punches that uh, he, he seems like he's more looking to, to, to set up just big punches rather than just break you down kind of over time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really just basing that off of his last two fights, really. But uh, I, I just I don't know. I think he probably realized that he had to improve if he wanted to uh, if he wanted to stick around. And it's not just improving, you know, like. It's very possible he could have landed a shot and beat Poirier or Gaethje. And, I mean, uh, sorry, uh, Alvarez in those fights that he lost. Yeah, I mean, you know, if he would have landed a shot, he, he could have easily won. But I just don't know that you can consistently fight like that and just hope that, oh, next time I get in a slugfest, I hope I'm able to come out alive. I think he's, he's had to make some adjustments to, uh, to, to, you know, get control of the fights a little earlier on, and we've seen it work perfectly. It's three straight first-round knockouts. I noticed that on on your point, Cole, that he he wasn't walking straight forward like he normally does. He cut so much better angles last night. Oh, my God, yes, so much better. Yeah, he was, he was actually fighting um, in and out uh, a lot more, and I don't know if that was just because he respected Cowboy, but he was staying at that low calf kick range. And normally Justin Gaethje throws his leg kicks right at the quad, right in your yeah. pocket. Yeah. Um, and those calf kicks. I've talked to people on this podcast who talked about how Justin Gaethje's one guy who I'm going to have on next week, Brian Foster, talked about how those pocket kicks ended his career. Go ahead, Ray. I'm sorry. No, no, you're right. Um, well, those calf kicks eventually led to the knockout. Um, Donald Cerrone had to keep picking up that leg, mm-hmm. and eventually uh, Justin Gaethje went over the top. Sure. You look at that final sequence, it came right from that calf kick. It was very similar to the Amanda Nunez um, knockout of Chris Cyborg, and where Amanda kicked her leg out, she had to overcompensate, she caught her with a right hand. Same thing with Cerrone last night, and he came over the top with a hard right hand, and that was the end of it. That was kind of a weird stoppage, too. It looked like Gaethje was almost looking for the ref to stop it, and he just kept landing damage on, on Cerrone. Weird. All right, we're cooking with gas tonight. Good. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and again. No, that stoppage was uh, very strange. I wrote uh-huh. yesterday that, um, you know, he very easily could be 5-0. and oh, He very easily could be 2-3. and three. But you're right. He's cutting better angles. He's adding the feints. Like, if you go back to that Eddie Alvarez fight, and again, I got into a Twitter war yesterday about Eddie Alvarez. Some people were saying he's the second greatest lightweight of all time. I think that's fucking insane. But – um, he, here's a guy that you shouldn't lose to at this point of your career. And he lost to him. Uh, and he lost to Dustin Poirier right after that in a 50-50 battle. Um, and I was kind of down on Gaethje. Ooh, I don't know. Go ahead. That's a tough analyst right there. I don't, you know, Eddie Alvarez is, I've mentioned it all the time on this podcast. I, I put him in that category of guys that have that X factor. He, he's not really good at any one thing. Uh, but he's very well rounded and he has a lot of heart. And sometimes that's all you need to get the W. And he showed a lot of heart in that fight. Eddie Alvarez could have taken any of those outings. His lip was completely swollen from eating Justin Gaethje's punches. And he just kept pushing. 
Um, and that's, you know, something that may have been lacking in Justin Gaethje's last few opponents. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily put Donald Cerrone in the X factor category, nor would I put James Vick, nor would I put Edson Barbosa. You know what I'm saying? So losing to Eddie Alvarez isn't such a bad thing when you look sure, at it. Sure. That I, just, I mean, I just he's had a very lengthy and, and successful career. I think at this point in Gaethje's career, he's on the upswing. He should beat guys who are on the downswing. You know, he should beat guys like Donald Cerrone, guys like Eddie Alvarez. And again, I, I love Gaethje. I'm not shitting on him. In fact, let's look down the road real quick. Um, Who's the bigger threat, Cole, Tony Ferguson or Justin Gaethje to Khabib? Uh, I, I think it's Tony Ferguson. I, you know, I know that people aren't gonna. Well, I say people aren't gonna like this, but I, I just I think that Khabib would would handle Gaethje. I just I really do. I I know that people always bring up his wrestling, but I've I've never once seen Justin Gaethje use that in an MMA fight. And I'm, I'm just I'm not gonna make the leap to say that you know, a guy that doesn't even use wrestling in his game most of the time is suddenly going to be able to stop the most dominant wrestler I've ever seen in the octagon. So I just, to me, you know, and I don't know what Gaethje can do off of his back. I would love to see him against Khabib if he could stop that takedown. Don't get me wrong. I'm just, I'm not. I wonder how the leg kicks would affect Khabib. You know, there's definitely weapons that Gaethje has. It could be even the legs. I've been calling it for years. Justin is going to kick Khabib in the legs. That's yeah, sure. I, yeah, and, and maybe he will. But I just, for me, I, I just there's no reason for me to think that Gaethje won't just get taken down. Whereas with Ferguson, I can at least sell myself on the fact that if he gets taken down, he's very good off of his back. Plus, we keep bringing up the X factor. But I mean, Tony Ferguson, that motherfucker, he will do a front flip to kick you in the face if he has to. Uh, we're gonna talk about slips in a minute. Don't don't worry about that. Well, <laughs> yeah, uh, hopefully a little more calculated ones. But uh, so for me, I mean, I I want to see both fights. I really do. But uh, for for me, it, it's it's Ferguson. It's gonna be the tougher competition. I mean, Gaethje. What Gaethje has going for him is he's a little bit younger, and he seems to be surging into his prime right now. And I don't want to undersell his wrestling. I'm just saying I, I'm not going to go into that fight saying, oh, Gaethje's going to be able to stop the takedown and take Khabib out on the feet. Because I just don't I don't necessarily think that as of now. And uh, the advantage I would give to Ferguson would just be that I know he can fight off of his back. And uh, he'll, he'll try everything. Here's what I see, Ray, in the Gaethje-Khabib matchup. A, Gaethje's going to kick him in the legs. That's something that we've never seen. I've never seen anybody go for a low leg kick on Khabib yet. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, yeah, I haven't seen it either. Gaethje's um, not going to quit. Great stamina, great cardio, and he hits like a motherfucker. That's what I would give him. And again, he seems to have a little bit better chin than Tony. Don't forget, Tony Ferguson got knocked down by Lando Venata a couple times. He got knocked down by Anthony Pettis. He got knocked down by Kevin Lee. He can't get hit. Yeah, I mean, he's been knocked down by pretty much everyone that he's fought. I mean, I think even Cerrone at one point, you yeah, know, had him compromised. Yep. So... Um, yeah, Khabib and Gaethje is interesting because of the leg kick, right? But the thing about the leg kick is it kind of throws you off balance. Um, but Gaethje is that type of guy who would, uh, go into that fight with a lot of confidence, in my opinion. Um, and that's what you need to beat Khabib. With that being said, after watching what Khabib did to Dustin Poirier, I'm not sure there's a person on this planet that weighs 155 pounds that can beat that man. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, we can sit here and talk about it. But I, I, I don't even give Ferguson a very good chance. I think Me it'll neither. Be I think it'll be interesting, but I want to see it. I think we have to see it. It'll be criminal if we don't see it. But, right. I, I, Cole, I don't give anybody at 155 pounds a great chance against him. I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Uh, I don't know that I would necessarily pick them, but I mean, again, I've just, I always say this. I've watched combat sports for a very, very long time, and, and I can think of probably one or two guys ever that were probably as good as everybody thought that they were. So uh, when Khabib retires undefeated, that you know, that'll be one thing, but I just, I can't sit here and write off guys like Tony Ferguson and just say that I don't think they'd have a chance. Um, I mean, the only loss Ferguson's ever had in his career was to Michael Johnson. It's very possible that had he been given the title shot back in the day, he might have, you know, things might be a lot different. So um, I I need to see those fights before I can say that I think they wouldn't have a chance. No matter what, guys, at 155 pounds, we're going to get Ferguson and Khabib. 
maybe Khabib and Gaethje, maybe Khabib and Ferguson, uh, excuse me, Gaethje and Ferguson, maybe Gaethje and McGregor. Uh, it's going to be interesting. 155 pounds is great. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's super exciting, which is something to say considering how dominant the champion is. You know, it's, it, but you still just want to see if he can be dominant against these other guys. And generally a dominant champion can kind of, kind of dampen the division, but uh, not really in this case at all. We see that at 205 pounds. Hey, guys, real quick, on, on Cerrone, I still think there's plenty of things he can do. Uh, I wrote today, I, I, Ray, I'd like to see uh, Cerrone and Paul Felder or maybe Cerrone and Dustin Poirier. Both of those make sense to me. You know, um, yeah, I would still watch Donald Cerrone fights, but I'm at the point right now where I don't want to see him fight anyone that's, like, in the top ten. And you might be calling me crazy for thinking that, but Donald Cerrone's 39, man. When does Father Time catch up? Yeah, I think, unfortunately, Cole, the end of the uh, Cerrone uh, resurgence is, is pretty much ended. He, he's gotten to the top. He fought. Listen, he had his shots against both Tony Ferguson. Justin Gaethje didn't get it done. Yeah, I, I just think, uh, first of all, I, I want to say, I'm not sure who the worst-dressed man in America is. I'm sorry, he's 36. Correction. Uh, uh, I'm not sure who the worst dressed man in America is, but it's either Cam Newton or or Donald Cerrone. I just I'm going to go get that. Cam Newton. Cam Newton looks like my 70-year-old aunt. I'm going that was here. that was the popular joke. Was everybody? I, I saw so many people saying like, "Hey, come get your auntie," like stuff like that. It's like, jeez. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Donald Cerrone though, it's like he watched a cowboy movie Saturday or Friday night, and he was like, "I'm doing that. I'm dressing just like that guy." Anyway, um, <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was funny. It was okay. Yeah. Oh, it, it was it was hilarious. That mustache was just so stereotypically like Western. I, I don't know. It was great. Uh, Anyway, though, I agree with Ray. I think Cerrone's a really fun fighter. He's always going to be a solid test. But, uh, I, you know, I think had he not dominated Ally Aquinto the way that he did, you know, that, that win, in a way, it, it increased his longevity a little bit. His longevity as a top contender. Um, and it's wild to think, you know, it was that fight was just about four months ago. Uh-huh. And he's had two fights since then. Yeah, I mean, he's he's just an absolute wild man. But with that being said, um, yeah, I think he's he's probably reached the point where he's he's a good test for younger fighters. But uh, his willingness to, to fight anybody at any time, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up in another uh, top contender fight somewhere down the road just because he's so willing to fight anybody. I agree. Um, give me as much Donald Cerrone as I can get. Honestly, I'm cool with it. And uh, I'm sure we'll see him before the end of the year. Honestly, I, I really do mean that. Um, I, I know this is kind of random, but I, I saw that Kevin Lee's going back to lightweight. And it, it's yeah. probably, I don't know if this is really interesting to anybody other than me, but I wouldn't mind seeing Kevin Lee and Cerrone fight. Yeah, that would be interesting. I think you'll end up seeing him in a matchup like that. They're going to stick him with a name, you know? Yeah. So, um, guys, uh, real quick on the rest of the card. It wasn't a bad card. Here, here was my takeaway, Cole. Um, I was surprised that Jimmy Crute lost. I was disappointed that he lost. Um, Glover Teixeira is uh, is still beating young prospects. And, um, guys, can you help me out with this fucking idiot, Mikel Pereira? Because I, I don't get it. Somebody help me here. Um, I'll start off real quick. A shout out to Augusto Sakai for that knockout over Marcin Tibera. Yeah, that was uh, short and sweet to round out the prelims. But real, real quick, this is just one of the few of the things you mentioned. Uh, Misha Serkunov, he was in a little bit of trouble in that Jimmy Crute fight, and then he he swept him and hit him with a Peruvian necktie. That was uh, that was yep, pretty that's... badass. When was the last um, time you saw a Peruvian necktie to end a fight? Honestly. I can't remember. I'm sure I'm wrong, but the last one that comes to mind was years ago, and it was CB Dalloway got it on somebody. Ah, uh, uh, Dalloway. Yep. Yep, who's now suspended for two years. Goodbye. So weird. Here's, Not a guy. Here's the craziest part is this guy, Tristan Conley, who takes a fight on a week notice against a guy who's a pretty up-and-coming prospect, Mikel Pereira. He dances his way to the octagon raid, does a bunch of flips. Um, I didn't get it. It was the stupidest shit I ever seen, and he ends up losing the fight, and I was I couldn't have been happier. He gassed two minutes into the fight. Two minutes yeah. into the fight, he was trying to backflip on a guy. And, I mean, <laughs> that's just not very practical, man. I mean, what finishing blow is there? It looks cool. I get it. But you're not going to KO a guy by doing a backflip on his stomach. Um, 
before I give up my time on the mic, I got to give a shout out to Lewis Smoker. He put on the most impressive resurgence from someone who's been kicked out of the UFC to coming back. And those body shots that he was hitting Ryan McDonald with all night were just money. Kudos to Lewis Smoker for that one. We should do this as a regular um, segment on this show, but I want to throw a kudos out to a guy named Austin Hubbard, who had his debut, lost it last time out, comes back the other night, wins. Um, Austin Hubbard is an interesting little prospect, boys. That's my shout-out. Yep, yep. What was fight of the night last night? It should have been Chad Skelly versus Jordan Griffin, because that fight was... Kelly's great on the ground. It was actually, it was Tristan Connolly and Michael Pereira, but since Pereira missed weight, Connolly got the full 100,000. Yeah. And, oh. and our boy Pereira missed weight, too. Like, this guy looks yeah. more of a jackass. Yeah, I, I watched, uh, when he first signed with the UFC, I watched probably like 10 of his fights. And uh, he, he has that problem a lot. You know, he's only 25. And his record, I think yeah. he's like 22 and 10. And, uh... A lot of those losses seem to be, you know, based on the fact that he's a has zero fight IQ, or you know, I guess he knows what he's doing in there. It's just yeah, he doesn't have a very, uh, yeah, exactly. And the thing is, if you look at him, he's a big, athletic guy. And honestly, considering how much output he had, I mean, in the second round, he was still throwing some knees and shit. So it's like if somebody yeah. would just tell that guy to slow the fuck down, he might be a decent fighter. But awesome. uh, <laughs> we please tell him to. You're not a welterweight, dude. You look like a fucking light heavyweight. You're not it a welterweight. It was crazy. I mean, the, the the size was so was so crazy. And then Connolly beat him up. <laughs> Connolly beat him up. Yeah. It was, uh, up. And Connolly, <laughs> Connolly didn't look any bigger than, like, Alex Volkanovsky. Like, Mm-mm. you know? Uh, what do we think about Todd Duffy? Mm. I thought he quit. I thought he yep. quit. I mm-hmm. wanted out. Yeah. yeah, how do you go? How do you talk shit about the MMA media and you go, yeah. go quit in your first fight back in four years? I, I actually emailed him because I had talked to him like two years ago. I still had his email. And I wrote to him uh, today. I said, listen, you know, you said stuff all week about we don't talk about fighters' pay. I said, talk to me about fighters' pay then. You know, let's let's hear it. Like, give me the words so we can write about it. And he never got back to me, but. Honestly, it just, like, he kept saying, I need more time, I need more time. He quit. That's just the way I see it. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, No, that was some bullshit. I've been poked in the eye before. It's the worst, man, when you're seeing double and triple. But you have to... Well, he poked Jeff Hughes, like, he was raking his eyes, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That whole round. And the thing is, too, the weirdest part about it is that like, he was hitting Hughes with some big shots. Like, I felt like Hughes was probably on his way out. Like, that was a winnable fight. And, I guess. But, you know? I don't know. I thought it was weird for a guy who ran his mouth that much. Who... Extremely, extremely disappointing. I mean, and I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, he probably doesn't care about some random dude on some random podcast disappointing <laughs> this guy. But I'm extremely disappointed, man, because Todd Duffy, he was supposed to be the guy. You know? Right. He yeah, was he's... supposed to. He's the guy. I vividly remember putting all my chips on Todd Duffy. I watched the Never Back Down movies. I I sat through the horrible acting just to get disappointed by this guy poking him in the eye and him quitting. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it either. And I, I, I mean, the ref was really demonstrative. And I like how they have the mics like in the octagon so you can hear everything. And I liked it. It was that's that's a good little insight side thing you know you could hear everything yeah that that ref gave him every opportunity to keep fighting even the doctor did did you hear the, the doctor, doctor just said are you okay is that, can you see okay then what are we doing here you know? and he basically looked at the ref like you could I, they both basically said it you know it's up to duffy and he just kind of kind of quit and i just you know it's like ray said he was supposed to be the guy i mean he you gotta realize how long todd duffy's been around you oh, know like been, like forever dude forever yeah and he's only fought a handful of times. He's always injured or something yeah. or another. And he's missed I don't two know. years from injury. And all I heard all week is, "I'm coming back." This was such a long road back. You get your chance. You're winning the fight. You won the round. I thought he was winning anyway. He was trading shots, but he was winning. He was hitting these, damaging him most. And then he just quits in the middle of it. I don't know. I didn't get it, man. It just made him look really bad. Really, really bad. Well, yeah, that I'll was, just. Uh, 
compare him to some of the guys we talked about earlier in this show, Eddie Alvarez. Guys that have heart. Todd sure. Duffy does not. There's some guys that you just, they won't break no matter what. Ally Quinta, Justin Gaethje, you know, they they won't break. And there's just some guys who break very quickly. You know, Todd Duffy, obviously. Conor McGregor comes to mind, you know. Um, yeah, I thought it was embarrassing for Duffy. And I wouldn't be surprised if the UFC released him, like, tomorrow. Yeah. No, he's, yeah. he's got to go. Go do something else, dude. Go find another Never Back Down sequel to be in or something. Uh, anything else I'm missing, guys? Uh, that's about it. I, honestly, I, th- I thought it was it wasn't a great card in my Uriah opinion. Hall beat Shoeface. Yeah, I know. What the I love hell I love is it. That? Here's my favorite thing about the UFC is when fighters call out guys that um, are obviously so far above them that it's just call out somebody that's like that's like somebody you could actually fight. Instead, this dude gets on the mic and calls out Adesanya. Like, dude, I'm over it, man. Already, you know. That's wild. That's who. Uh, that's who Hall called out. Yeah, he called out Israel Adesanya. Yeah. He's, he's been doing that. I don't get, I mean, he needs to win some fights. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, there was like a time, like a few years ago, where that fight would have been kind of a cool yeah. matchup, but Adesanya soared past that point. Whereas I, I like Uriah Hall, but I mean, he's just been in the same spot for years. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'm surprised he won that. Do you have any problem with that decision, too? Like, I, I probably would have gave that to Shoeface. Uh, I, I'll be I honest. Gave it to Shoeface. I, I was watching it, but more so. You know, I was walking back and forth to my kitchen. I, uh, Were you I making know. coffee at all? I was about to say, you had, like, two cups of coffee in your hand? I actually, I had just got home from uh, from, from a long-ass job, and I was I was making a cup of coffee. So, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, I didn't watch it clearly. It seemed like, it seemed like Shoe Face was mostly in control, but, you know, I like your eye hoss. So it is what it is. Especially that third round. That could have been a 10-8. I was just really surprised that it went to your eye hall. I think he was surprised, too. So. Yeah. Whatever. I'll tell you. I know I said it on the last podcast, but I'll say it. That man has aged more than anybody. Yeah, I know. You know what, though? He seems to be one of the more smarter, put-together fighters when he's on the mic, though. That I'll give him that. Yeah, he's always he's always seemed like he seems like he's a pretty down-to-earth guy. Pretty well-spoken guy. Dude, this week kicks off. Guys, guess how many weeks in a row we have a UFC card on the weekends? I right mean. 12 weeks in a row. For the next three months, it will, they will, it will be fight week every week. I mean, I like it, but uh, I just don't know how I feel all the time about it. Like my, That just means my Saturdays for the next three months are occupied. Here's here's what we got. I'm gonna give you guys a rundown right now. So this week we have UFC Mexico City. It's headlined by Yair Rodriguez and Jeremy Stevens. Then we go to Copenhagen, Denmark. Jared Cannonier is in the main event against uh, Jack Hermanson. Then of course we go to Melbourne, UFC 243 for Whitaker and Adesanya. The very next week we're in Tampa, Yuani and Nikitak versus Michelle Watterson. Uh, then we go to Boston. Uh, of course, the beat Magomed Sharapov is off the card. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, uh, Reyes versus Weidman is the main event. Then they go to Singapore. Uh, Maya versus Askren. Next week is UFC 244 at MSG, Masvidal, and Nate Diaz. Then it's the Russia card, Dos Santos and Alexander Volkov. Then we go to Brazil to be determined on the main event. Washington, D.C. card, which is the uh, December 7th card. Um, I think they should headline that with Colby Covington and... Um, Kamaru Usman, we'll talk about that in a minute. Right now, the only fight on that is Alistair Overeem and Walt Harris. Then it's UFC 245, and then it's the South Korean card right before Christmas. Guys, 12 weeks in a row of UFC events. It's fucking insane. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's... uh, that's... I I don't get to do anything for the next 12 weeks as far as weekends are concerned. So I'm guessing that December 21st card is going to be UFC on ESPN Plus number 23, and that's in Seoul, South Korea. I'm guessing they're going to do um, Brian Ortega and Korean Zombie on that card. I'm guessing. That makes sense. Makes all all the sense. Um, 245, we already know. I'll tell you, the one that's interesting to me is the – is – oh, shit – is uh, that that December 7th card in Washington. I really do think that they want Colby Covington to headline that card because they're right there with the White House, Cole. And it's a quick trip for Trump. 
Yeah, it makes sense for the promotional, uh, the whole, you know, what Covey Covington's doing. I guess it would make sense to have him fight in D.C. Uh, I don't know. I, um, I, I just, I have a hard time thinking that Donald Trump will actually show up to his fight. But hey, you know, I guess uh, if he's able to pull that off, it'll give him something to brag about on Instagram. Boys, which, let's uh, talk- is the last thing he needs. Let's talk about the boxing card. Ray, who should fight Calvin Cater? Because I've got some names. It looks like Zabit's injured. You know, I don't know. I really don't. I, I haven't even thought about that. What? He's a featherweight, 145. Um, I don't know. You know that he's got a lot of options that he can he can fight. What? Well, well, Korean Zombie. But if you're talking about booking him up with Brian Ortega, uh, shit, you could actually match him up with Brian Ortega too. Sure. Here's what I'm thinking, Cole. Why not Jose Aldo? Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a that's a nice fight. It's a huge step up, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe not. Zabit's a, a, a killer himself. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd watch it. It makes sense for Jose Aldo. I think taking those types of fights. Cater's taught right now. Um, he's you know two three wins away from maybe being in title contention himself. Um, it's the Boston card. Calvin's from Boston. They're not going to take him off. The See card. if they can get Ryan Hall. Yeah, that that was another name I threw out there today, Ryan Hall. Yeah. I'm just Calvin Cater did seem to shore up the issue a little bit in his last fight, but he he really struggled against the low kick and the Anato Marcano fight. And uh, this, you know, if he fought Aldo, that would definitely be a tough test in terms of you know we know Aldo's going to go for the leg, so it'll give us a chance to see if he's uh, shored up a hold that was that was exploited in that fight. Sure. Um, I just think that they're not going to take him off the card, so, you know, you got to find somebody who's a name for that card. That's just me. Guys, what's your level of um, excitement for Yair Rodriguez and Jeremy Stevens? Does nothing for me. Does yeah, absolutely yeah. nothing. And that's the problem that you run into when you do this 12 weeks in a row bullshit. Like, there are a few, very few fights on this card that stick out to even me. <laughs> Oh, it's As a, a hardcore fan, a weak card, no doubt about that. So I, I, I find it hard to imagine them using this to try to draw more people in. What Carla Esparza and Alexa Grasso? Yep, that's your co-main event. To me, Cole, it just sounds like filler. Just feels like filler to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, it, it's definitely a little bit filler. You know, I, I think there's also. Uh, I guess they're hoping if anybody does tune in, there's a solid chance that Stevenson and Rodriguez will at least be violent. Uh, but I mean, the fight just doesn't really mean anything. Stevens is, uh, it is fun, but he's, he's definitely not a contender at this point. Yeah, yeah, Rodriguez. I guess he's coming off that, uh, Korean zombie win. Yep. Yeah, I don't, I probably would have matched him up with somebody other than Stevens here, but, uh, I, it doesn't. I agree. Stevens is, is below him at this point. Guys, listen. When Korean Zombie just knocked out Renato Moncano, we said he's one or two wins away from a title fight. Yeah, Rodriguez knocked him out. Isn't, you know, Rodriguez is probably one or two wins away again, too, from a title fight. He's a very interesting fighter to watch. He's a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that he, he you know, he, he would probably need a little more work. But the idea of Holloway and, and Rodriguez is... Uh, so much fun. Yeah, that, that's a really fun fight because that's... It's definitely a style that we haven't really seen um, Max Holloway deal with yet. It'd be interesting to see him deal with all that. that I, I, mean, oh, I don't know. A, a guy he's throws, much more dynamic on his feet than anyone Holloway's faced. Well, that, that, and that's what I, that's what I but, meant when I, I don't but think he skill has, level. I just mean, you know, he throws a lot of kicks and stuff. I don't know that we've seen Holloway deal with. It might be interesting. But but also, you know, it's, it's, well, I started out by saying I don't know that he, he's there yet. He might need a lot more work. It might be yeah, he, the type he, of fight where Holloway's just a lot better. He definitely so, um, needs work he needs he needs he needs you know two more years of solid wins and well, not getting beat at all well you guys mentioned that yair beat korean zombie but that victory doesn't really tell the hotel of the fight he was getting his ass kicked for five Army rounds winning that fight yep but the he win is getting, the win my friend oh yeah, yeah you're I, right. I, I agree i agree the win a win is a win but i, I get ray's point too because it, it doesn't you know not much in that fight makes you think he could beat somebody like holloway <laughs> outside of uncorking some ridiculous strike Right, you know, and I look at the top five, the top five guys in the featherweight division. I do not 
see Yaya Rodriguez beating any of those. And I, even the number six guy, Chan Sang Young, we saw that fight again. I think Korean Zombie gets it done. Do you um, think that? Do you think that Yaya will ever get to that point, or do you think I, that we've I seen think him? So. I think. I think. I think he's going straight down to the below top ten after this fight. So you think Jeremy Stevens is going to beat him in Mexico? Oh, he's gonna he's gonna break his jaw, bro. Okay. Really? He's gonna Josh him. You're you're picking Stevens? Oh yeah, yeah. I think that this shouldn't even be happening. You got interesting. <laughs> Well, Jeremy Stevens, he he knocks people the fuck out. Like that's yeah, what he he's does. doing. And you know, Yair Rodriguez, he's kind of a point fighter, and I don't really see uh, Jeremy Stevens just sitting back and letting Yair Rodriguez wind up all these kicks. You know, so we'll pick the card. It's an interesting. The- uh, it's an interesting, well, an interesting a, angle. A, I like it. He's got a point there. He does have a point. Jeremy Definitely. Stevens is very good, but I think I, I, he's one of those guys I put him in the disappointing category. Could have been more, should have been more. Well, you know, he only loses to people who are really, really good. You know, uh, he, he, got, he just lost to Zabit, who we all think very highly of that guy. Sure. Uh, he Jose lost Aldo. to Jose Aldo. Uh, he beat Doho Choi, and that was awesome. Fucking at, Jeremy Stevens is a top contender. Hanato Moicano when Moicano was on his run. Uh, and I really don't put Yair Rodriguez in that same category of those people who have defeated Jeremy Stevens. Frankie I'll say this about Stevens. If you look at his resume, I'm looking at it right now. It really is like, I mean, he doesn't fight. He does not have easy fights ever. He's fought the who's who. I mean, the lot, you got to go back. I mean, just looking at his schedule, you have to go back, really, to 2013 when he fought yep. Connie Jason. That's the last time he didn't fight a guy that, you know, was was uh, at least a low-end contender at the time. Sure. Which is just, I mean, it's wild. I'd read them all off, but it's such a long list. And he's got some quality wins. I mean, Duho Choi, Hinato, I mean, uh, Heenan Burrell. Burrell. You know, it wasn't Prime Burrell, but uh, I still remember thinking that was an awesome win for Stevens when he got it. I remember that well myself, and I said, this kid has arrived when he beat Burrell. And then I just expected him to be, like, back and forth with that title with Jose out, with uh, Max Holloway forever, and it didn't happen. You know what I mean, Ray? No, I definitely I definitely get it. Jeremy Stevens one of those guys, he's kind of easy to overlook because he doesn't, like, do anything extremely well except hit people on the chin with that <laughs> right hand. And knocks them out. He's beaten Rafael Dos Anjos. He's beaten uh, uh, Darren Elkins, Dennis Bermudez, Hennon Burrell, Gilbert Melendez. These are all highly respectable people. And he only loses to, like I said, the Frankie Eggers, the Zabits, the Jose Aldos. I want to say he knocked the shit out of um, Josh Emmett as well in a brutal way. I could be wrong. Oh, yeah. He, that's that's what sent Josh Emmett... Uh, into his um, well, he had an injury suspension or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, he, he broke his like orbital all that. He just broke his face basically. I think it he it was elbows and punches, and he just uh. Well, then he dropped the patent. That, like that's the thing about Jeremy too. He's nasty. He yeah, dropped. He, he he came over the top when uh, uh, what's his name it was already out. God damn it! Why is his name slipping my mind? Josh Emmett. When he was already out cold. He hit him with the damn Michael Bisbing, uh, Dan Henderson. One final thing about Stevens. His UFC debut was against Dean Thomas at UFC 71. <laughs> Dude has been around forever. Yeah. Forever. Um, guys, just to close out, um, the next big event we have is UFC 243. I'll start with Ray. Ray, give me your initial thoughts on uh, what promises to be an absolute banger of a main event between two volume strikers and Robert Whitaker and Israel Adesanya. Yeah, I um I don't I don't like Izzy that much, but I think that he is someone who is going to be always capable of giving us those classics. All the fights that he's had so far have been very entertaining. And as long as he has the right dance partner, which I think Robert Whitaker is, then we're in for one hell of a show. Israel Adesanya, he's coming in for the belt, 17-0. and 0. He's undefeated, very confident. Robert Whitaker, 
you know he's the man. He's beaten Yoel Romero twice, and before that, he went through Killer's Row to get here. I think Robert Whitaker wins a five-round decision, and it's an instant classic. Cole, um, you know that I'm the uh, chairman and CEO of the Robert Whitaker fan club. Um, I love Adesanya. I love where he's going. Undefeated. Uh, there's just not many guys who can lay claim to that. Um, he was tested big time by Kelvin Gaslam. I actually picked Gaslam to win that fight. I looked like a genius almost. Um, I'm still disturbed by the fact that Gaslam let him go off the cage when he had him uh, close to being beaten. Uh, I think, you know, obviously Adesanya showed a lot of warrior spirit, but also, you know, I think he showed that he can be a bit chinny. That's going to be a problem against a guy like Whitaker. Yeah. Um, also, you know, I think that was the first time we really saw Adesanya tested, uh, you know, really truly tested, and he was able to pass it. And a lot of times you'll see guys kind of grow from those sorts of tests. So uh, I, I'm really looking forward to this fight. I, I will say overall, though, looking at the card, it, it really kind of a kind of a two-fight card, if you ask me. And don't get me wrong, I'm really looking forward to it. But a lot of the matchups are uh, – are not the most compelling, but anyway, I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer. Uh, <laughs> no, bro, you hit, you're right. This this card is trash. Like, I mean, it's got it's got Jorgen DeCastro, you got Ty Tuivisa, you've got uh, a co-main event of Dan Hooker and Ally Quinta. I think that could be pretty good, and that's basically it. Yeah, I um, I was just looking at it, and I, I there's not a ton of meat on the bone. I mean, again, Ally Quinta and Hooker's great. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Ty Tuivasa, but he. He's gonna murder that Spivak guy. Yeah, um, Holly guy, Holm is always fun. Uh, I did see that they booked Megan Anderson for the card, so that's something. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Megan Anderson's an Aussie, right? She's from Australia, so uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Is anybody fucking hotter than Megan Anderson, bro? Is anybody? Anybody? Uh, like Mackenzie Dern. No, Ooh. Megan Anderson is fucking. I saw her the other day. I went to a crazy crazy horse had a fight here. She was there. For me, number. It's 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 just difficult to to top what uh, what Gabby Garcia is bringing to the table. The the muscle, the the stature. I just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. By the way, have you seen Cyborg in a dress? (laughs) Can I tell you something weird? I'm oddly attracted to Cyborg. I don't know what she's grown on me. Yeah, she, she is fucking. Definitely, you know, not your typical woman, obviously. Oh, I'm trying to be nice here. But yes. is she she grows she's grown on me. Like you said, she's grown on me. She yeah. um uh, she's I've said it before, she's done a lot to change her image, like in the MMA community. And uh getting off the the drugs uh has definitely helped her get her feminine qualities back. Uh sure. I'm gonna give a shout out to uh Sportic is Live, El Santo Negro. <laughs> because uh he he actually said that you know he met her a few times uh, in person, and she's got dumps like a truck in the back. So wow, uh, okay. Well, there's that. Uh, <laughs> did y'all see his tweet today? Nah. No, that dude's a fucking maniac. Though I was on his <laughs> podcast last week. He's a maniac. He tweeted. I don't know if he was joking or what, but he like apologized for putting out the podcast late or something. And said yeah. his reason for doing it was that he was opening for Bone Thugs. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. He did say that. He probably <laughs> did open for Bone Thugs too. Honestly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I couldn't tell because I know he. I think he does do some music stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I wasn't sure if it was like a joke or, or if she really did do that shit. If so, that's awesome. <laughs> no, I believe it. Bone Thugs. They um, they're at the point in their career where they aren't really uh performing in like stu- like stadiums or anything yeah. like that. They're kind of doing local clubs. So yeah, if they needed some openers that are local, why not? Yeah, I uh as a matter of fact, a few years ago, a few years ago, I guess it's been shit almost 10 years ago at this point, but I was in uh college and they played at a little venue by where I went to to school and it was probably only like 5 or 600 people, but uh it was an mm-hmm. awesome venue to see a, to see yeah. anybody in. But it definitely wasn't, uh, probably definitely wasn't what they were playing in their heyday. Yeah, it looks hey. like he was. He said, I'm opening for Legends tonight. You so guys, yeah. uh. He did. Wow. I want to ask you, you guys miss Woodley yet? Yeah, I do. I, I, I want to see him fight. It's fucking hateable enough that, I mean, listen, Kamau Usman, this is the greatest heel turn in history, Cole. He's all of a sudden a heel. It's great. 
Good and he him. knows what he's doing, too. I, I wasn't sure at first until he posted that thing the other day where he was getting on a plane and said he was going back to Africa to, yeah, for a vacation. That, that's when I felt. realized. I was yeah. like, oh, he knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> listen, listen. It kind of makes me like him a, a little more, if I'm being I don't know why, but it kind of makes me like Usman a little more. Those two have been going at each other on Twitter. Don't be surprised if that fight gets booked next, honestly. Don't be. Yeah. I, uh, I guess <laughs> I just always kind of looked at Usman as a guy that didn't have a ton of personality, and uh, it seems like he's been showing a little more lately. I know people want to see him fight, but he is, he is somewhat entertaining. Here's my prediction. Usman and Woodley is going to happen next. And I fucking promise you, put money on this. Remember this, boys. Colby Covington is going to show up in Bellator in that 175-70-pound division. Watch. Just watch. Just watch. Mm. You're going to get Colby Covington and Rory McDonald or Colby Covington and Douglas Lima. Just watch. Mm. Um, and, oh, yeah, to answer the thing about Woodley, I, uh, I, I, definitely, <laughs> I definitely miss Definitely miss having Woodley around. I didn't ever think I'd say that, but he—he uh, yep. he at least he defended that belt against some solid contenders before he started talking shit. Right. You gotta give—you gotta give him credit. Like he beat some good dudes, and then at some point, you know, it's—it's it's like a lot of people are giving Colby Covington shit for supposedly not signing a contract or whatever. But it's like at some point you can't just shit on these guys for not signing what's put in yep. front of them. Woodley right. knew as champion. That he was never going to be in a better position for negotiating. You know, he had the belt, and uh, I think he just he, he tried. And I think Usman's doing the same thing. I think that's what Covington's tried to do. So it's hard to really hate on them when you think about them as individuals. But as fans, it's like, damn, I just wish they'd all fight each other. Look but, at the uh, payouts for UFC Abu Dhabi. Did you see the payouts? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, Khabib gets six million dollars, and if you're ever going to bitch about a fighter negotiating. And Dustin Poirier doesn't even crack three hundred grand. That's all you need to know, man. Right there, yeah, U.S. Uh, on the card making thirty thousand bucks. Like, so. Yeah, I um, I, I don't know. That, that, that's that. The, those are the reasons that I don't mind seeing these guys sit out trying to get bigger contracts. It's just because they they know, especially Usman, who's who's talked about how he's got the bad knees and stuff. Like, yeah, I guess in my opinion, problem. it's all situational. Like, hey, yeah. Fear is not like he's not going to have a long run as a fighter. That's the sense I get from him. Yeah, and I just so it's like I, again as a fan, I selfishly want to see him shut up and fight. But you know, thinking about it logically, I, Usman's never going to be. You know, if he loses that belt to Kobe Covington in his next oh, fight, yeah. you know, and, and he can't just assume the paydays are going to come down the road. It's like you know, he's just he's got to get them now. He's only interesting if he has the belt. That's it. And that's the same thing Woodley was like. He was only interesting if he was the champion. Other than yeah. that, not interesting. And I'm not. And I mean Covington as well. The first time he loses, that's that mm-hmm. shtick changes. So it's like he's got to get that big money fight in the title fight. Or you know, if Covington, I mean, if, if Usman beats him, like nobody gives a shit about Kobe Covington anymore. He's literally heading back to you know, uh, he'll be a, a first. First fight on the main card, three rounder, or he's headlining the prelims. Like it will be the fucking biggest fall ever. Yeah, I mean the the shtick. You know, at this point, the shtick is old. The way he does it's kind of funny. Like I saw one the other day where it was some lady sitting on a couch talking, and all of a sudden, Colby Covington popped up from behind the couch. Yeah, <laughs> just, it's like I don't even get what was going on there, but it was kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, kind of lost steam though. The Kamaru Usman Colby Covington thing has already lost steam, in my opinion. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so uh-huh. too. And it really has. I think the it's news cycle goes in another month. It'll be completely irrelevant. We'll fucking it, want Leon it, Edwards and you know Tyron Woodley. I th- I just think it goes down to the fact that neither guy like nobody's clamoring to see either guy fight. Sure. And that's unfortunate, but I just think you know I mean as much you know everyone talks about the gimmick that Colby Covington's put on and how it's worked and you know I guess it has to some extent, but it's not. It's not worked so well that he's uh, like an invaluable piece to the UFC. Guys, no problem he, passing him over. I wouldn't have been surprised, and I'm shocked that they didn't strip Usman immediately because they told him he was supposed to be a guest announcer in Abu Dhabi. They stripped him of that. Um, and I was pretty shocked that they didn't strip him of the title and say, you know what? You want to play hardball? We'll strip that fucking title from you right now. We have a show in Madison Square Garden between two welterweights. Here you go, Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal. Here's your title. 
I'll tell you what, that would have... I think I would have been totally okay with that, to be completely honest. Uh, you know, I, I understand being okay with it, like, definitely. But on the other hand, I just... Yeah, it just you're basically it's the UFC showing it is a slippery so slope though zero yeah. power. I mean, Usman's yeah. a champion, and for you to just take his belt and say, "Oh, you're not going to do what we want," well, fuck you. We'll give the belt to somebody else. It's yeah, like, but you man. know what though? In boxing, there's it's built into the contract. You know, it, or it used to be back when boxing wasn't a criminal organization. Every four <laughs> months, Rocky Marciano was defending that title. That's why guys get fifty fights. You know. In their yeah, career. Uh, yeah, guy, I agree. He hasn't fought a fight since December, and I understand he had surgery, and the dude's a beast, and he fought fights, you know, really injured, and I get all that, and I respect that. But if you're good to go, man, you at least need to have a fight booked. And the fact that you say "fuck you," I'm going home. No, it's actually "fuck you." That's my belt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, has it been? It was December. That I thought that was in like in yeah. March or so. Anyway, either way. Uh, it was uh, UFC uh, 235. Yeah, UFC 235. Um, was uh, Woodley and um, Usman. I apologize. It wasn't December. I apologize. March. But still. Okay. Yeah, no, either way. I just, I, I don't know. It's like, I, I try to look at it. I, I definitely understand the UFC can't let all of their champions just stick their feet in the mud. But it, it almost, right. you know, they're going to, I guess, I guess it just comes down to, to, to the negotiations or not. I guess, I don't know. The UFC wants them to be beneficial to the UFC, and the fighters want them to be beneficial to the fighters, and you just get a lot of stalling, I guess. Well, I don't know. happens in every sport. There's an easy mm-hmm. way to fix it, Cole. Just get a union. Yeah, and I guess you used to not see it in MMA so, so much, but I guess with these other promotions rising and with fighters realizing how much they're getting shafted in some cases, right. they, uh... Well, when, when you have to, when Walt Disney's a public company and you have to disclose the fact that you bought the UFC rights for, like, Forty-four billion dollars. Fighters are gonna—they're gonna look at that and go, "Hmm, we just sold for forty-four billion dollars for five years. Like, where's my cut of that?" You know? So. That's yeah, just, I, I um. And it wasn't—it was way more than that. It was like seven hundred and fifty billion or something like that. It was way more than that. So. so for the licensing fees. Yeah, for the five years to be on on ESPN. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's that. All right, boys. Uh, you give me an hour of your time. I appreciate it. At the end of the week, we'll pick some fights. Um, Hell yeah, yeah. I apologize. I'm sick tonight. No, it's really good. Am. It's another uh, good episode. I'm a, uh, out there. Um, yeah, episode number two. Uh, I'm going to put this thing in the can. It'll probably hit everybody's inbox tomorrow. I appreciate all the feedback, uh, all the love. Much more to come. Uh, much more things to come out about why I'm here and what's going on right now um and i'll talk about that more in depth but of course i always have to have my boys riding with me uh have he, we heard anything from pat is he alive yeah as far as i know this football season so okay we'll mix and match boys have a great day at work tomorrow it's monday by the time people are listening to this they'll probably be heading to their job with the fucking boss that they hate so hopefully we can do something <laughs> Hell you guys yeah boys i'll touch base with you tomorrow see um, you guys this thing, we're out. Peace. Later.